Live to see it, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us, and it ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. And I'm super excited that we're presenting part two of our interview with James Hughes, from the Institute for Ethics and Emerging Technology. James was on Monday's show talking about his chapter in Visions for a World Transformed, describing an idea he came up with called the Virtues Control Panel. If you haven't listened to that show yet, you're going to definitely want to check that one out. And tonight we spend some time talking about the political movement known as techno-progressivism. Let's listen to part two. We had PJ Manny on last week, and we talked about how kind of political rhetoric and divisiveness is so damaging. And we talked about alternative things people can think about and do. And we sort of ended on a, you know, I want to read fiction, folks, or listen to this show or something instead of, in, instead of being eaten up with politics. And so it's interesting that we choose a political topic then for the, uh, for the show the, the, the following week. So, uh, um, but that's fine because here's, here's, James, here's the question for you. How do you set, how does techno-progressivism distinguish itself from other uh, political ideologies in terms of niceness? Let, let's start with that. Niceness. <laughs> uh, well, let's go back and just define terms for a second. I mean, uh, for me, the way I under currently understand techno-progressivism is that there were two, three hundred years ago when the Enlightenment got going, there were a whole bunch of ideas that were ro roiling around in Europe uh, about um, the, the best kind of society and the, the relationship of those kinds of societies to science, reason, technology, and so forth. And uh, most of us in the futurist milieu, the transhumanist uh, subculture and so forth, we accept the, um, the value of reason, science, technology, and that this will generally improve the human condition. But um, the ideas about what the ideal forms of society were that came out of the Enlightenment, um, there were those who thought that the best kind of society would be one in which everyone uh, owned their own stuff and then ca had contracts and, and trade and so forth, the kind of Adam Smithian, or allegedly Adam Smithian kind of future. And at the other extreme, a kind of French ideal of a society of um, of citizenry, of particip political participation, political equality, and so forth. Um, and th those have kind of shaped the way that politics in the West has played out over the last uh, couple hundred years. And what we see within the futurist community is that although we may generally agree against the bioluddites or the, the you know, techno-conservatives or whatever about the one aspect of things, we don't agree at all about the other aspects, about the role of the state, about uh, political equality and, and economic equality and so forth. So techno-progressivism has a lot to do with just kind of defining the space in which you accept the more extreme futuristic consequences, uh, along with many transhumanists and futurists, of where technology is headed. 
but you're trying to figure out wh what that means in terms of uh, the kind of left uh, enlightenment values, um, a, a, a society where um, there is government, there is democracy, there is um, uh, e political and economic equality. Um, and I think that that's become increasingly important because um, now transhumanists are becoming enough of a thing that they're beginning to think about, and some futurists, um, about what an electoral program might look like, what uh, political participation might be like. And I, I talk about this in terms of the transition from the salon phase to the, to the mass phase. You know, that if you, you go back in the history of enlightenment ideas, you know, there were French salons 200 years ago, 300 years ago, where people were saying, oh, ha, ha, wouldn't it be interesting if uh, we allowed uh, women to vote? Ha, 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 wouldn't that be funny? Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, what if we allowed uh, working men, all working men, to participate in the society? Oh. And then eventually you have the Working Men's International, you have the suffragist movement, women starving themselves to death, bombs being thrown, et cetera, et cetera. And when, that's when the ideas that were just intellectual curiosities become mass politics. We're, we're at that point of uh, transition for a lot of futurist issues uh, where, you know, with CRISPR, CRISPR is now, we really have to figure out how we're going to regulate what we're going to do about genetic engineering because now it is, uh, you know, really a possibility that we could start genetically engineering our kids. Um, we're at that point with artificial intelligence. Is artificial intelligence going to, you know, eat the planet? Is it going to be used to uh, establish totalitarian government, et cetera, et cetera? And so, um, you know, we, the techno-progressive uh, questions can't just be, uh, oh, let's have a salon where the libertarians and the lefties uh, politely talk to each other. Now, what does that mean about politeness? That was your original question. Uh, actually, niceness, not politeness. Nice Niceness, okay, niceness. I think, you know, there are people on, on all political sides who are assholes, and there are people on all political sides who are nice. And um, I tend to have a very high tolerance for an intellectual discussion, and I, and I like the salon. Um, and, but, you know, uh, I, I also understand that uh, these things, um, you know, is it, was it nice? for the transhumanist movement to tolerate Peter Thiel, who then became the, you know, libertarian number one for fascism when uh, he endorsed uh, Trump and you know, helped this crazy man take over the nuclear codes. I, it's actually know? a $5 charge to mention the president's name on this show. <laughs> okay, well, the crazy man, the orange menace, whatever you want to call him. But you know, the fact that Peter Thiel was the number one uh, sponsor of transhumanist, um, you know, nonprofit organizations and, and, and so forth in San Francisco, and that those folks have more or less ideological hegemony, even though they don't have the majority within the movement, um, and that he, you know, turns around and, and associates us all with this odious brand of politics, white nationalist politics. Um, I think it's it's time for us all to figure out where we are in the political uh, space and not to pretend that there's some kind of broad, generic transhumanism that we all agree with. And that's the point of techno-progressivism. So, yes, the, the point is uh, maybe it's time to stop being nice. Okay, so let me clarify. When I talk about niceness, right, I'm not talking about people being polite, and, and I'm not looking for the because um, because we can obviously we can go down the path which it, it, one of the reasons we don't ever talk about politics on the show is we, we always seem to go down the path of um, 
it's a lot easier to talk about why the other guys are bad than mm -hmm. the selling points for our, for our own points of view. But that, actually, that was my invitation to you was to give the selling points for techno progressivism. Okay. Tell, tell tell the uninitiated why why they want to give this outlook a look. And we're we're actually going to take a look at your diagnostic here in just a moment to so so people listening at home can decide if they're techno progressives already and don't even realize it. <laughs> well, you know, Citizen Cyborg was basically an argument for what we call today techno-progressivism. I, I used the term in there, democratic transhumanism, but uh, pretty shortly after we, I wrote that book, we, um, uh, through the IET, we began to use the term techno-progressive to encompass a kind of <clears throat> broader perspective than just transhumanist. So the transhumanist stuff is, you know, if you want to have people have the right to modify their body and so forth. But to the, the techno is broader than that. It's like, what do you do about uh, climate change, geoengineering, uh, you know, genetically modified organisms and so forth. Um, but, you know, the arguments I was making in Cyborg was that there are reasons that libertarians <coughs> and people who, who are otherwise non-political in the, in the sphere should be thinking about questions of equality and regulation and safety and so forth that are, that the techno progressives would be more emphasizing. And some of those are that, you know, if you think about the way that people respond to these technological possibilities, um, Pew has, has been recently doing some great survey work on this. They have uh, done a great set of surveys on, Life, radical life extension. They've done them on genetic modification. <clears throat> and what they found was that a lot of Americans say, the majority of Americans say, they would like themselves to have the option of choosing radical life extension. But they also, majority of Americans are pretty certain, are, are pessimistic about it, because they're pretty certain that only the rich are going to have access to it. Mm, now, right. that's, that's certainly one of the possibilities. And, and that is one of the drivers of Luddite and bioskeptic uh, uh, opinions out there, is that a lot of people have this gut sensibility. It's, it's akin to the same kind of gut sensibility that said, I don't know if Trump knows what the hell he's doing or, or not. But I know that he uh, is talking about ordinary folks, and he's not one of these elites, you know. And so the, the same kind of impulses will lead to Luddite reactions in the future. People will say, well, you know, I, things are going bad for me now. I doubt I'm ever going to have access to all that highfalutin medical stuff that they're talking about. And so I just think we should ban it because it doesn't sound like a good idea. And they respond that way about a lot of things. You know, a lot of the technologies that we think could actually benefit everybody. So if you, if you want people to have a positive reaction to these technologies, it has to be coupled with a compelling vision of a future in which everybody has access to it. And that's hard in the United States because we have to first have universal health care access, which we don't. Um, and so there, there have to be a number of things going on in your political vision. You also have to say, well, what happens the first time that, uh, you know, that self-driving car runs over a kid? Um, uh, it, are you going to have people who have so little faith in the regulatory state that they're going to say, yep, I expected that to happen because the corporations control everything, and that's going to happen every time you let the corporations control everything. We should just ban those self-driving cars. But look, we could save so many lives with self-driving cars if we just had them you know, well-regulated and the government. And the... Anyway, so the part of the argument is that if, even if you don't care about you know, the political values, you have to <clears throat> ensure that the public 
uh, thinks that they're going to have access to it and it's going to be well, well regulated. But if you also want to live in a society in the future in which there isn't a radical distance between the people who have benefited from all this stuff and who therefore really call the shots in society and everybody else. If you want to live in a society of some kind of rough equality, political, legal uh, equality, then you also have to care about equal access to these technologies and some degree of economic uh, equality. So, you know, in terms of the, the uh, immediate agenda, one of the things that we've been talking a lot about is technological unemployment and the universal basic income guarantee. Um, I've been for it forever and suddenly is just exploding everywhere. You know, Zuckerberg may run for president on the, on the <laughs> promise of salt solving robot unemployment with universal basic income guarantee, which I don't know how exactly I feel about. Um, but, uh, you know, I think this is a perfect example. And, and we could talk about, you know, different kinds of universal basic income guarantee. Some of them could be really meager and, and not actually solve problems of equality, and some could be generous. But if you don't care about, in the first place, the fact that a lot of people may be thrown out of work by the technological changes that we see in the, in the economy, then you're probably a jerk. And, uh, and that's part of the argument is that a lot of people in futurism in the past have not have simply not cared about it. You know, they, they, they wanted the tech, whatever the social consequences. And we're saying, look, there are going to be social consequences. Some of them could be catastrophic. Some of them could destroy the planet. And you have to talk about the regulatory, the political, the even the military solutions to some of these things. I mean, we fought a couple wars now over trying to control the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction. And in the future, we're going to have nano, AI, genetic uh, uh, plagues, and so forth. So we have to start thinking about these things now. Well, one of the things that I found encouraging, I have to say, as I was looking over a couple of things on the IWET site uh, to talk about techno-progressivism was your um, overview of biopolitics and you had a nice uh, table laid out between the libertarian transhumanists, the techno-progressives, the left-wing bioconservatives and the right-wing bioconservatives. Now obviously on every issue there's there's going to be some uh, divergence although for several issues the uh, libertarian transhumanists and the techno-progressives lined up pretty well uh, for, yeah. for some things and then there and then there were some issues where the uh, Technoprogressives actually lined up a little bit better with the um, the left wing bioconservatives, but um, but but the fact that there's you know the, that there's some commonality is encouraging, right? That 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 there's there's some basis for having um, having the discussion. I found that I found that to be encouraging, and and then I was really interested in what is described as a diagnostic for uh, techno. Techno progressivism. This, this this is a piece I, that was on your uh, site. What do techno progressives believe in 2017? One, one of the interesting things I noted was that four years ago, your readership was 46% self-identified as techno progressive. Now 54%. Right. So you, yep. they've taken over. Right. They've become the uh, they, they've become the, the the big group in in the readership over there. Um, this list of 14 statements. Now, how did this come about? These were these were all part of a greater uh, multiple choice kind of a thing, and, th and they got narrowed down to the ones that people who self-described as techno progressives all agreed on. Is, is, is that was that the well? The I'm, way a, this I'm came a sociologist, about? and um, and when I got involved in bioethics, one of the things that I started doing was doing um, surveys and survey work. 
And so this has been a kind of core interest of mine ever since the beginning um, of what, how do a bunch of opinions come together to form an ideology or a, a point of view? And, um, and I've been looking for these points of view for a long time. So one of the things I did when I was executive director of the World Transhumanist Association from 2002-ish to 2006-ish um, was I did a series of, uh, of surveys of the WTA membership, three of them, and you can find them online. The reports are all there. Um, and we uh, had a whole bunch of statements. We had the statements that came out of the, the Transhumanist Declaration and then um, other statements that people uh, suggested and that uh, um, you know, evolved over time. And we basically asked everybody who called themselves a transhumanist and everyone affiliated with WTA, do you agree with these statements? And came up with a list of the ones that you know, more than 85% or 90% of all transhumanists agreed with that, were, that seemed to be relatively indicative of transhumanist thought. So we published that, I think back in 2007, we've published our first self-diagnostic diagnostic of are you a transhumanist, you know, if you agree with more than six of these statements, uh, you probably are. Um, and when I then, when I left the WTA, and I, I'm still a member, but uh, when, uh, when I wasn't executive director anymore, and we started IET, and then we became uh, specifically techno-progressive, I wanted to do the same thing. So, you know, what's the what are the things that would constitute this kind of thought? Um, and that's where that came out of, is that uh, we basically did the same thing. Um, if for those who call themselves techno-progressives, there are some of those things that overlap with the transhumanist worldview and the transhumanist self-diagnostic, and then there's some others that are more egalitarian. So uh, I, I'm gonna, what I'd like to do is go through this test, and we're going to let folks listening in. You can follow the link here, and you, you can look at it. But just... Uh, Answer in your mind, yes or no, do you agree or disagree with these statements? Um, and what we're going to come out with is kind of a, there's a bit of a scoring mechanism that will tell you whether you're, a, in fact, a techno-progressive based on this. So the first category is social, social justice and democracy. And Stephen, I want you to do this too, okay? Keep track of your yeses versus noes, okay? You can pass Absolutely. Right. Okay, so um, I'm we're, we're going to right stand I'm, on this. Okay. I'm going to go through this, yeah. Because going in, Stephen... You would describe yourself, I, I would describe myself as an up-winger, by the way. Um, okay. I, 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 I don't, uh, I, I'm not terribly political on this show. I do have strong uh, political philosophy and strong political beliefs, but uh, I, just, I seem to always disagree with everybody all the time, so I call myself an up-winger. Uh, Stephen, you would describe yourself as more of a techno-libertarian slash conservative? Yeah, or? Te techno-libertarian. Is, okay. is how I would describe myself. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So we'll see. We're going to see what we really are here, okay, based on the, All right. based on the test. All right. <laughs> so social justice and democracy. And James, I want you to score yourself too, okay? So just, <laughs> I wrote the thing. Yeah, it's, uh, I know. So yeah, this could be surprising. You better keep track. Okay. Uh, everyone should be provided a basic level of medical insurance by the government. Agree or disagree? Okay. Wealth concentration at the top is a great social concern. The rise of fascism and right-wing populism are a threat to the future of liberal democracy. Okay, so those, those three. Decide, folks, if you agree or disagree with those statements. Human enhancement, next category. People have a right to use technology to extend their mental and physical, including reproductive cap capacities, and to improve their control over their lives. It would be a good thing if people could become many times more intelligent than they currently are. 
it would be a good thing if people could live in good health for hundreds of years or longer. Okay, so once again, keep track. Here we go. Techno-optimism. We have a better chance of turning technology to our advantage if we embrace it than if we try to ban or prohibit it. And inheritable genetic engineering of humans will not always be dangerous and shouldn't be banned. All right. Next is tech unemployment. There will be a global decline in the proportion of the populations in paid employment in the coming decades as a result of automation and other technological innovations. Personhood ethics. My ethical code advocates the well-being of all sentient beings, whether in artificial intellects, humans, post-humans, or non-human animals. Technogaianism. Research of the efficacy and safety of modifying the climate, geoengineering, should be done in case we need to mitigate rapid climate change. Scientists should develop genetically modified crops that produce more food with less water, fertilizer, and pesticides. Stephen, you keeping track? You know where you, know where you stand right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, individual rights. Women should have the right to terminate their pregnancies, and people should be allowed to experiment with recreational drugs so long as they don't harm others. Okay, now we'll do the big reveal on the scores in just a moment. <laughs> uh, one of the things I want to, a couple of comments I want to make about this uh, diagnostic, because I think uh, it's very well done, and uh, I, I think the, a lot of people might be surprised to see where they end up, where they end up scoring on this thing. But my question is, how did you narrow it down to these, uh, you know, these 14? I can imagine a number of other things that should be, that, that, no, not should be, could potentially be listed under individual rights, but you've got those two. How, how did it, you know what I'm saying? How, how did you come to, or for example, under tech unemployment, uh, there's the, you know, agree or disagree that there, people will be out of jobs, but there's not a remedy listed there, as, for example, there is in everyone should be provided a basic level of medi medical insurance by the government. So in some, it seems there's an advocacy element. In some, there's more of a here's what's going to happen element. How did you, you know, divide between those two things? Well, that's a good question. I mean, it's, it, all these things are imperfect. Um, and, and this is the third one I've done of the IET readership. Um, and I had done, as I said, I'd done three previous ones with the transhumanists uh, before that. Um, and one of the things that we do in social psych uh, research um, is what's called dimension reduction. So you take a bunch of questions. Basically, I asked about, I don't know, about 70, 80 questions um, of, those, of that type. Um, in this most recent survey, and that was narrowed down from more than 100 in previous surveys. And then you statistically analyze them. You say, are they tapping into something underlying that? And that's where those categories come from, is that you know, the ones in those different pots tend to hang together. If you answer yes to one, you tend to answer yes to another. Um, and then you say, well, which one is the strongest in that set of indicating what that underlying thing is, whatever it is? So this is an acknowledgement on the one hand that, you know, that as I said about the Enlightenment in general, it's a combination of a bunch of different ideas and no, none of those ideas necessarily go together. You can, you can believe in democracy and hate science, reason, and, and technology, or you can believe in science, reason, technology, and hate democracy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But if you do both, you're headed in a particular direction. Um, this is uh, saying if you think that climate change is a problem, a human man-made problem, and that we probably should, could do something even as dangerous as changing the environment to fix it, you're probably a techno-progressive. And if you think 
people should have a right to take drugs, have abortions, etc., modify their kids. But you also think society shouldn't be as unequal as it is. You're probably a techno progressive. That's the direction it's headed. Gotcha. Okay. That makes no. That that makes sense. And and I think the idea of an underlying direction is is an important one because what what's observed here on this page is that. 90% of self-described techno-progressives agreed with 10 or more of the 14 statements, and 70% agreed with 12 or more of the statements. And as I'm reading through the statements, I've got a lot of statements that I agree with in a kind of a, okay, I would have said that different, but yeah, I'm, I'm basically I agree with that. And, and, and a few that I look at and I go, well, actually, I don't thoroughly disagree with the idea that's being stated here. I just, I, that's far enough away from how I would say it that I have to say I disagree with it, right? So, I, you know, there's, there's kind of this range of how people end up deciding whether they agree or, or disagree with the statement. So I ended up scoring a nine. So Excellent. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just shy of the techno-progressive threshold here, which I would not have guessed. I would have, I would have guessed if you'd said there's 14 statements, I would have guessed I'd score about a seven, right? That I'm some, like, halfway there. But I'm closer to being a techno-progressive than not by a considerable margin, it, it, it would seem. And, Stephen, now here's the big test, Mr. Techno-Libertarian. What do you think? Uh, how, well, I, I scored a 10. Oh, <laughs> woohoo! Well, there it is. <laughs> I'm closer. Uh, according to this test, I'm closer than you are, Phil, and I would not even call myself a techno progressive, but perhaps I'm closer. I don't well, know. There you go. So, you know, it, 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 which goes to the fact that as necessary as they are, labels can be very misleading, right? That that if you if you call if you call a collection of ideas and goals techno progressivism that can be off-putting, or if you call them techno-libertarianism, because I can see a lot of these that techno-libertarians would definitely agree with um, under individual yeah. rights and, and, and other places, right? Um, but if you look at the, James, as you said, the overall tendency, right, the, 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 the kind of where, where we're headed, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm encouraged by this. I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of folks listening um, who thought they were techno-progressives learned that they are, but also that maybe some who thought that they weren't learned that, well, actually, we... We agree more than we think we do. I think it's, I, it is interesting that you guys scored highly. I mean, part of that is that there's a big libertarian component there in the way that people think about this stuff, uh, you know, the way that it's, it's happened within the futurist community. Most of those who consider themselves techno-progressives are social libertarians and bio-libertarians in such an extreme way that even... You know, there, aren't, there isn't a label for it outside of, of our politics, right? You know, the, if you go to most left-wing groups, like anarchist groups, you know, and you say, I think people should not only be able to have abortions and take drugs, but also genetically modify their kids, they're gonna, you're going to blow their mind, right? right. That's, right. That's, that's a degree of personal freedom that they have never contemplated. So, um, you know, I think there, we may, it may be that we're going to be in the future inventing new political categories. I think... Part of the challenge, though, is that you know mo when most people talk about upwinging it, they actually are, in, and this may be your case, but maybe not, uh, they actually are someplace in the political firmament. They haven't actually you know, um, teleported to Mars yet. Um, they just don't want to uh, stay, you know, figure, <laughs> tell anybody where they are, are actually at. Um, uh, I, I think for me, I've always thought you should you should be honest. You know, I'm, I'm in a an intellectual trajectory that uh, means I, I am a transhumanist the way that most people describe it. I am a Buddhist the way most people describe it. And I am a socialist the way most people describe it and, and et cetera, et cetera. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, honesty is great, and uh, my honest opinion is that we'll understand this all a lot better later, right? Right. My, my, that um, certainly I feel differently about things today than I did a few years ago or 20 or 30 years ago, and I expect to probably feel differently about them in the future. And I think it's okay to not know 100% for sure what the right answer is, um, even even when everyone around you is certain, although some oftentimes certain in, in opposite directions. But, uh, but I'm encouraged, of, I'm, I'm we're encouraged to find we our, have a lot in common. Oh, absolutely. We're guaranteed that our descendants will think that we're complete idiots. Well, they're, they're going to say, how did they ever try to have an economy without machine learning and right, blockchain? <laughs> exactly. Right? And they ate, ate all that animal flesh, and they, yeah. <laughs> they had babies through sex. I mean, how crazy Jeez. is that? Yeah. Yeah. Primitive. Exactly. Well, you know, I think we're about out of time. That's, that's going to do it. It's been fantastic having you back on. I think we made up for part of the six-year gap, but uh, let's, let's plan on having you back on again sooner. It's been and so when I start fun. my new show, I'll, I'll have you on, too. That would be fantastic. We, 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 love, uh, we love being guests. You know, it's great when somebody else does the uh, ask the question, right? Right, Stephen? Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. It takes the pressure off. <laughs> well, no, you have to answer them. I mean, uh, that, that's all. That's true. It's a different but, sort uh, of pressure. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be, be with us. All, all the best to you in your upcoming endeavors, and uh, we look forward to talking with you again. You too, man. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of The World Transformed. Thank you all for being with us. We look forward to being with you again on Friday with a brand new show, including Other Geek. You won't want to miss that. And until next time, live to see it.